Hey everyone, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Yeah, here we are doing it again. Uh, this first ad, and our only ad. I, I was feeling lazy today. I didn't want to Photoshop a bunch of other stuff together, so I was like, let's just do one ad. Our only ad is from Greg Dodd. It is for a PV Falcon. Um, you ever seen anything like this before, Steve? I have not seen this PV Falcon. This exact PV Falcon? I've, I've, like, I've this seen is pretty, other this PV Falcons. some things going on, right? I think there's a lot of aftermarket going on here. Just a little. But it's Just very, at least a it's very clean. aftermarket. It's very clean other, otherwise. Yeah. It's pretty clean except for the fact that everything on it is modified. <laughs> but it looks like it was done by someone with, you know, clean attention, uh, you know, attention to detail and whatnot. It's not one of these hack jobs that we see so right. often. I'm trying to actually figure out what's, uh, what is normal on this and what's not. <laughs> um, I think, I think that trim. It looks oh, like, oh no, that's a post lock. Um, no, that might, that might be original. The trim, the whole trim thing might be original. It might be. I can't imagine someone doing that aftermarket, but you know, it's, when this came out, things were crazy. This is a USA PV. It was just made in the eighties or the early nineties or something like that. And there were all kinds of wild trim designs floating around. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly not the only version of that, uh, but it looks like a version came with the double locking. God, I sound so bored. <laughs> Let's talk about these knobs. <laughs> yeah, let's stop talking about the dumb, boring bridge. Oh, big deal. It's you know some sort of weird, clunky bridge from the early 90s. Uh, this thing has a pit guard that extends far outside of where the stock pit guard would have. Because it would normally have a very Strat-style pit guard. Uh, this pit guard sticks out like a big old dorsal fin over the lower bout of the guitar. It's, well, it's like a Rick. It's like a Ricky... Uh, yeah, it's kind of Rickenbacker-ish. Uh, what would what would we call that area? Is that the is that the starboard? Is that the? <laughs> it's the it's it's the dorsal. Right, it, right. It's the dorsal guard. It is the it's like the, the dorsal area of the guitar. Oh no, the dorsal is the upper side. What's the bottom side? Ventral. Uh, yeah, ventral. I think it's the ventral area. You're right. <laughs> but yeah, the pickguard has been expanded to cover up the vast majority of the bottom part of the body and it's been given extra knobs it has your standard three strat knobs but then it's got three more knobs and at least one little extra tiny switch there and it's been blessed with a set of emg single coils in a strat configuration uh i don't know if so those... are these just like it's a three-way switch and then volume 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 tone tone I guess if it's EMGs, maybe it's like an EQ circuit. So it's oh, uh, maybe that maybe that one all the way by the butt is. Uh, Michael Cross just commented, "If all those knobs are push pull switches, I'm in." <laughs> uh, the one by the butt is uh, master volume, and yeah. then the first three that are in your normal strata strati position are uh, mid high mid bass or uh, yeah, yeah. mid bass. And then your next two are like there's um, a con like a, there's contour controls here or something like that. It's a blend. <laughs> it's a blend. Got I gotta make my kid not make sounds. Yeah, make her stop making sounds. Force her to stop doing it, Steve. 
Please don't yeah. abuse your children on camera. <laughs> I just closed the door. Just, just relax, everybody. All I did was close the door. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is a lot. There's a lot going on here. There's, it, there's no description saying, you know, everything that's going on here. It just says, oh, PV Falcon active EMG pickups. Like, yeah. that's it. And locking tuners. It's got locking tutors. They want 435 bucks. I feel like if you want 435 for this, you got to sell it to me. you got to tell me exactly what's going on here. Right. Because otherwise there, it could just be. Is there any pictures of the back? Um, there I'm were, to find it right now. There were. I didn't include them because they were boring. Um, but there is. All you're going to see on the back is that there is indeed a 9-volt battery compartment. What's a Kaylee vibrato? I'm assuming that that's some kind of typo. I, yeah, I'm assuming Caller. Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, I always, you know, it's one of those words that I never say out loud, but I've read it my whole life. Caller, collar, something like that. I've always said Caller. Me too. We're Caller Bros. <laughs> if you type Kaylee Vibrato, it auto-corrects to Caller Vibrato. There you go. Or it, sa- it says, did you mean? <laughs> um, I think this is a Caller. It color. looks like you're trying to search Kaler. for Caller Vibrato. <laughs> yeah. I think it's Caller. It's got that H in there, Caller. Caller. Yeah. Caller. Killer. It's a killer. It's a killer trend, bro. Or it, in, in Europe, is pronounced Cowler. Because they add an O in there for some reason or something, or a U. <laughs> See what kind of wiring kits we can get. How many knobs can we get in a wire? We need six knobs. Let's find a six knob for three pickups. Here's here's my thing. They've got all this empty pickguard space. I think they could have squeezed at least two more knobs into here. Move, oh, easily. Move that. Move the the jack from top mount to being a side mount jack. You can easily squeeze three more in there. Like there yeah. is space. Pack it. Pack it. Did they run out of ideas for knobs? I could give them some ideas. I'm sure. If I if I knew what was actually going on with the existing knobs, I could come up with. What more if knobs. one of these wasn't actually a knob? It was like a spin split. Uh, it's a. <laughs> it's actually a mode. Um, what's the? What was it called? Gibson had them. Um, Gibson had a specific name for this, but oh, it's a know. rotary switch. Oh, yeah. It needs a kill uh, switch. Amanda Coombs just commented that. Maybe that's what that little guy is in the front. A kill switch? I don't think so. Yeah. I'm betting that is your uh, turn the neck pickup on switch so you can do the bridge and the neck at the same time. Speaking of kill switch, uh, you know that band Kill Switch Engage? I know the name. Every time I hear him, I wish there was a kill switch I could engage. Oh, 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 oh actually, Mega I, I don't think I've Steve. ever. I don't know. Think I've ever heard a kill switch engage song. Oh man, they're not going to recover from that diss. It feels a little, uh, a little baritone. Early. Grant's in the chat. It, it feels a little there, early baritone. in the year for dismiss, Steve. Dismiss. Oh, dude, that's we should we should podcast every day in December. <laughs> Twenty five episodes, each one five minutes long, and all we do is diss stuff. <laughs> I like how you called this guy Greg Dog. What did I call him? Greg Dog. Look at your Falcon Dash Greg Dog. Oh, uh, it's Dodd, right? I'm pretty sure it's Dodd. Oh, man. Maybe I was, it's Greg. It maybe it's Greg God. It was. It, <laughs> maybe it was supposed to be G O D D. It was hot here today. I was working upstairs. And it fried my brain. I, that's why I, I was. I believe you. Completely out of patience for Photoshop, and it's just like we're do- only doing one ad. That's it. <laughs> I stepped outside and I was blown away at how dry it was. Oh, man, ah oh, man, it's 
There's Ben Shapiro dry out there. <laughs> Whoa! Hey. All right. Now. So four thirty-five. That man does not own a bucket or a mop. <laughs> they want four hundred thirty-five bucks for this. It's a UFA USA PV. Yeah. I mean, it's not worth nothing. It all looks like very clean modifications. I have no doubt that this thing plays just fine. It's not ugly. Mm. It's just unique. I uh, I don't know if this is $435 unique. If it was $435 shipped, I mean, I, I'm... T- what do you think of Falcon Maybe. goes for? I'm jumping on Reverb right now. I couldn't find any on Reverb. Oh, shoot. Okay, I'll go to eBay then. Thank you for the warning. Oh, that's what I was doing. Ah, damn. Okay, you're just going to beat me. You figure it out. You've got uh, your Google I guess there's one there. for 525 uh, A clean one? Uh, it looks clean. Here's a clean one in blue um, for it's, it's five eighty nine plus shipping. Mm. How much so for a dirty one? Good. I think the price might be good on this. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's good because I'm going to sell it on its mods, its upgrades, its side grades, whatever you want to call it. Um, but. I'm betting with, you know, just based on the care that you see taken to this guitar, I'm betting that the mods are clean and functional. And if you contacted the seller and asked questions, you could find out exactly what they do. And if you're looking for something that does something different, if a normal price for these is pushing up in the 500s close to 600, maybe this is maybe this is worth checking out. I don't know. It could be a good yeah. platform for doing your own mods, too. You see this, and like, oh, there's plenty of room there for me to do that thing I wanted to do but didn't have space for, you know, an eight-knob layout on a guitar. I, You know, I don't know. Here's another one, three pickup layout. The pick card is gross, single-ply. It probably has some mods. It's a pro project. Um, missing back, back plate. Some... I can't tell what all else what is and isn't original necessarily, mm-hmm. but apparently it, it uh, had a starting bid of two ninety nine and it nobody bid on it. Shipping huh? was one hundred and ten dollars. Uh, yeah, that's rough. Um, and there is another one that sold that was also listed as a project guitar. This one actually looks like a true project because it has a, a replacement bridge on it. Um, and this is a cursive Falcon, so I'm not sure if that's. Er- earlier or later hmm. than this one i i don't really know the pv headstock timeline um i, was but just I know a... there was an era where they were doing like cursive um hmm. uh in fact my pv generation i think is uh, a cursive script gotcha i was just admiring the headstock on this one i i love that just thin black pinstripe going around just inside yeah. the edge of the headstock there's something really fun about that PV had a nice headstock design. PV had a nice headstock design, guys. Yeah, take it from Steve. That's a nice headstock design. All right. Well, uh, you know, I th- we'll leave it up to the viewers to decide if the Falcon is a bye 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 or a bye bye bye. Well, um, peace out. If you're curious about that bridge hardware, about those pickups, about possible mods done to this thing, it might. I mean, for 435 bucks, is definitely worse ways to throw money around. Um, yeah. But I mean, it is. You know, pretty unique, <laughs> pretty niche in its current condition. So I don't know. You guys be the judge. I'm not going to buy it. 
What's new, man? How are you doing? What's new <laughs> is uh, I'm actually trying to do the chapter thing this week. Chapter? Oh, yeah, like yeah. Like timestamp chaptering. I, I, I went and kind of like did it retroactively last week. It is something uh-huh. that... Uh, but the timestamps are, are on the video since it's a live stream, so it's actually really easy. Uh, I'm back with this uh, Wizards and Gargoyles or whatever so again you're, this week. you're timestamping it as we're recording it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because because StreamYard gives tells us what time it is, so... Oh, all right. Oh, um, you're taking notes, right? Yeah, I'm just oh, writing okay, it okay, down. Okay, okay, okay. So if, then, this, if this works out, then there will be a little bar. When, in the play bar, when you're watching this on regular YouTube, you'll be able to click the different chapters to jump to different sections yeah. if you're not If you bored. go to last week's episode, it's it's there. I okay. added it in on, on Sunday night. I haven't, I haven't uh, gone back probably, to check it, but... Probably yeah. be what I do for this one. Um, but my real what's new is... Are we doing what's new right now? Yeah, yeah. Lay it on me, man. Um, I would like to apologize to everyone who has ever had to listen to me play iso- bass isolated. <laughs> Just bass by itself. <laughs> uh, I did the why one song recording this week for this week's service, the little video stream or videos that we're doing. And um that's a, like playing bass live is I, I feel like for me and maybe I just don't pl- think about it hard enough but I feel like for me playing bass live is pretty easy you need the whole thing there you need the whole band you got a little foam in your mustache by the way I'm gonna leave it there, okay you like just it kidding. <laughs> um, and, but I feel like when I can go back when I go through and I go oh I missed that note I gotta go back and fix it and then when I try to listen to it by itself afterwards, like just the video by itself, I'm like, what is this noise? Yeah. Oh, that's part of the, the big challenge with doing demos and whatnot. And I really – part of me wants to lean into incorporating drum beats and loops and stuff like that to make things m- make more sense. But then part of me doesn't like that in other videos, so I don't do it. Um, but like just playing guitar by itself, like the, the parts that I would play live – at church or in my band or whatever, make no damn sense. Yeah. If I'm just yeah. playing them by them, themselves, you have to have the drums there. You have to have the bass there. You have to have, you know, the accompanying instruments. I can't talk. I can't say that word. Uh, or it doesn't make sense. Like, and I imagine it's even worse with bass where it is like bass is not an accompanying. Why can't I say that instrument? It is like a backbone instrument. It's, it's really weird to listen to a part that goes and you're listening back and it goes, Bum, bum, yeah, bum, 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 you know, and it's yeah, this yeah. thing where it's just like, and you're just like, what is this? And it's also, I think, and you probably go through this too, that it's kind of like, I think, frustrating to hit record, and I'm playing along to a track, so I hit record, and then I hit play on the track so I can listen to it, and I start playing, and I get three bars in, and I miss the note. Stop, stop, stop the, rec- stop the playback, stop the recording, open up the file, delete the, f- open up the library, delete the file, start all. And so this week, I, I don't know, it took me half an hour to get one take through one take that I liked. Uh-huh. And then I, after I get one take that I'm like, I could submit this. I just take like, I call, you know, in my head, I call it a safety, but it's really just a 
all right, I got one that I like, so I'm just going to play whatever I want now. Yeah, yeah. And this week, I that was the one I ended up submitting. <laughs> and I think it's really busy and probably a lot of overplaying. And I, if I listened to it on its own, I'd be like, this is the worst. But I actually enjoyed doing it. So I was like, right. oh, screw it. I'm going to send it. I mean, and and part of it is, too, like, if you go back and listen to any track that, that's just isolated, it's gonna a lot of it's going to sound weird and sloppy or disjointed because you're doing things that don't make sense by themselves. You're doing things right. to comp to compensate and to emphasize other things in the mix and to, you know, work with the, a groove that's happening or work with emotions that are happening in the piece. And like those things don't translate when you just hear it by yourself like, "Oh, that bend was really weird." Yeah, it yeah. sounds weird by itself, but when it's in harmony with what another instrument's doing, then you it's you didn't bend just to bend, you bend you you bent to bend into a harmony or something like that you right. know to, to or it's like even if you're bending for the sake of bending the fact that there's a lot else going on i definitely bend for uh, the sake of bending yeah. <laughs> however you want to take that <laughs> bend it like beckham yeah, i still don't know what that means i've never seen that movie i don't know yeah Karen nightly's in it she's in a lot of stuff though i mean the real question is, was she underage in it? Because if she was a minor, then she should be sued out of existence. <laughs> I didn't realize there was mining in that movie. <laughs> that was a terrible joke. <laughs> I'm not even going to respond to that. My, it was my dad joke reflex. I couldn't leave that on the table. I don't think I have anything new that I can talk about. I've got stuff sitting, what? sitting in front of me that I can't show anyone for a while. Um, teasy, teasy, tease. Oh, you got a beer. That looks nice. Um, I poured it like five minutes ago. <laughs> you watched me pour it. Oh, did I? I don't, I was distracted. Your I diabetes shutting your brain down. <laughs> How's keto going, man? Oh yeah. I can talk about keto, even though that's boring and it's like, I might as well be talking about doing CrossFit or something. Uh, this has been a good week. <laughs> uh, well, the early in the week I got what they call the, the keto flu and, uh, yeah. it, wrecked me like it just it sucks you know that feeling you get when you're having a bad day at work right around three o'clock you're like i'm so out of it i'm so no you you last until three (laughs) o'clock no you know what i mean like that end of the day just like oh i must be sick i feel so awful and then the moment you clock out you feel fine again uh it was like every day of my life it was like that feeling only it started around like 11 o'clock in the morning and lasted until bedtime that just completely drained icky like agitated you know sort of feeling and i had that for about three days and now i'm fine uh the big success so far is that my blood sugar is definitely in the green this week like i'm testing you know numbers that i've never tested before and so it's it's very nice and i'm excited about that um people keep telling me about weight loss things i've lost like five pounds but i could lose five pounds in a week and a half doing all sorts of stuff. So right. <laughs> that's not my focus at all. Uh, if I wanted to you know, push to lose a lot of weight right now, then I'd be working out or something like that. Or, yeah. you know, I don't know. Uh, but that's, that's not my focus at all. If I lose weight, that's great. But there's, there's your, your keto minute <laughs> from Ryan and time, the type two diabetic. <laughs> 
Uh, do we want to tackle a topic or do we want to jump straight into the album first? Let's do a sponsor, buddy. Sponsor? This week's episode is brought to you by Big Ear Pedals. That's right. There it they is. Make pedals that are cool. I got, got that Albi, man. I'm, I'm so excited about that. I, I can't wait to get mine. Um, did you watch any demos? See how it sounds? I did. And uh, was it Ultra Neil? Yeah. Mode? yeah. Is it Ultra Neil, Super Neil, Sick Neil? Rad Neil? Rad Neil mode? <laughs> gnarly awesome Neil? Neil. <laughs> what? The Gnarly Neil mode? Gnarly Neil? Yeah. Um, something that unfortunately myself and a few other people didn't show off well in our demos is the blendability between the regular mode and the Neil mode where, you know, the momentary feature of it, because I, I switched to latching just because it was up on a table. I couldn't use my foot on it to demo it. It was, it was a big problem. Uh, RJ Ronquillo, I think, did a great job of kind of showing how that works by, you know, tapping with one hand and then holding the momentary switch and showing what you can do mm. with it. It didn't even occur to me when I was filming it. And then, you know, it occurred to me afterwards, that's for sure. Um, but, yeah, like ramping between the two different settings sounds brilliant. It's a lot of fun. Dope, Neil. <laughs> the dope Neil setting. So, anyways, if you've been, I'll be curious. Um, think about that for a while. Go watch RJ's video. It it just makes me sick to my stomach to watch RJ play. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's so. I mean, good. it makes like, people sick to their stomachs to watch you play too. <laughs> it's but. a different kind of sick. That's like throw up sick. Where the sick I feel when I watch RJ is that I want to quit guitar forever. Sick because he's too good, and I'll never be that good. You know. <laughs> so, anyways, huge thanks to Big Ear Pedals. Uh, go check out the new hotness. Go check out some of the old hotness. They make uh, other stuff that's awesome. The Woodcutters, one of the best freaking rap pedals out there. Uh, they have some cool fuzz pedals, too. And, uh, yeah, big thanks to those guys. And uh, what should we talk about first, Steve? We had we lined up a couple topics. Uh, do we want to talk about a, Strymon first? We got a bunch of topics. Do you want to talk about the old Strymons? Strymon released the, uh, what's it called? The night sky is right there over your face, Steve. Oh, I was trying to navigate to their Instagram page because I forgot that you could do that. <laughs> um, I lo- I watched a little bit of the demo for this. I watched uh, Andy's video, not uh, not big hair Andy, not European Andy. I'm talking about uh, Andy Bernard. And <laughs> Andy, no, I'm talking about Andy Martin over there at Reverb. dot com. Um, he, his demo launched like half an hour before we went live tonight. So it was, uh, sitting on the toilet. It'd be funnier if that. his launched half an hour before Strymon went live tonight. <laughs> so I got to watch, you know, a good player like Andy show it off and show mm-hmm. off what it can do. I think it sounds cool. It's the sort of thing where, you know, I mean, if they want to send me to one to demo, I'll have a ton of fun messing around with it. But it's the sort of thing like I'm not going to invest in for myself. Because yeah. it is such a specialist pedal for people who love modulated reverb. Like, this is a love letter to people who love modulated reverb. Yeah, the se- the sequencer feature is is pretty cool. Being out, like, the controlled drops on the interval. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because I, I feel like this is... This pedal was making a lot of the sounds that I listened to. Someone dropped the link in the group today to the one of the chilled cow... 24-hour chill hop uh, channels, which we listen to at night. And so I was like, oh, this is like the pedal that you need to make one of those songs. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just, uh, 
I, I heard I heard a lot of sounds that I liked out of it, but at the same time, yeah, this pedal is the exact opposite of Albi. That's what Grant <laughs> says. Um, there's there's a lot going on. Yeah, and I I've already declared myself too stupid to figure out an HX stomp. <laughs> I, mean, I don't I, think this is a mind bender for most of it. I think once you you got on top of it and saw what was going on, you'd be like, "Oh, okay. There's waveform shapes. There's yeah. this. There's that. There's pre gain and post gain. Like it's all a bunch of tools that allow you to kind of creatively experiment with what could be just a simple shimmer reverb, but can also be a ridiculously over the top modulated step filtered." sort of ridiculous noise-making, pitch-bending sort of thing. Like, some of the noises Andy was making were really out there to the point where, like, I don't think Strymon usually puts out stuff that can get into weird this deeply. Like, he was doing mm. some deeply weird stuff with it. Um, and, of course, he was doing some very, very pretty, um, very church-appropriate things with it, too. So Right, right. I don't know how much it's going to cost yet. I don't. I don't know if they've released the price. Uh, let's find out. Strymon I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess three ninety nine. Probably the same price as the Volante, and I don't remember what those are priced at. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I'm not. They don't. There's no prices out yet. Oh, that's uh-oh. okay. And we'll find out later if I if I got close. Um. But yeah, you think so? It's gonna be. You think it's gonna be less than a big sky? How much is a Volante? Uh, Volante's three ninety nine. Oh, um, the big sky is four seventy nine. I think it's gonna be priced closer to that. I think it's gonna be over four hundred dollars. Koppel just uh, super chatted us five bucks. Thanks, Koppel. It's a super sticker. I don't know what that means, but okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the money. We will use it for things that you use money on. I got too much beer left to chug. Uh, uh, so not worth it. A, one complaint that I have with this, I'm excited to see them continue the format of the Volante because I thought that was cool. And it was cool for yeah. them to lean into. You hate it because it's blue. No, no. It, it's cool to lean them in, le- see them lean into the specialized formats instead of, oh, here's a reverb computer with presets and you know you can make a bunch of like presets. Right. Like this is specialized around modulated reverb. Uh, the thing that I'm bummed about is that they didn't continue the two-toned color theme of the Volante. The Volante has a big black panel where all the controls are. Oh. And I wish they would have kept that aesthetic because it was actually pretty sharp. Yeah. And this kind of looks kind of noisy. Like the visual design is a little bit chaotic. And I yeah, think, I can I, see that. I think bringing in that black panel would have cleaned it up. Quite a Black bit. panels matter, man. Black panels matter. <laughs> BPM, right? That's music yeah. stuff. <laughs> um, otherwise, like people are going to dunk on this all day because it is probably going to be four hundred bucks, and it's you know you could easily say oh four hundred bucks for a shim reverb, whatever. But man, <laughs> if I wasn't in this game, I would have easily bought you know, one of those surfy bears for myself. Right. And that only makes one sound. That's only one kind of reverb sound. And those are like- I know someone was trashing you on the, on the comment section this week for picking that thing. <laughs> but it's like, if you have a thing, if you have like a specific thing that you do with reverb, you're going to end up getting the ultimate of it. Eventually 
if you really are that dedicated to it, you know? And, like, the Surfy Bear is the ultimate pedal that does drippy spring reverb. This is right. going to be, like, the ultimate, you know, modulated, shimmery, like, freaked out, you know, kind of spacey reverb sort of thing. Like, it's a reverb builder for reverb yeah. nuts that love modulated reverb. So Everything I, was, I heard on the demo I was listening to was, like, I mean, this the whole thing with the sequencer too is it's like it's doing a shim verb, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a fixed modulating shim verb kind of a thing. Yeah, you can assign uh, like those little those little buttons that are above the three buttons, the little ones and ones lit yeah. up green. Um, like you can assign a different uh, sound to each one is the impression I was getting, and then it'll it'll pulse through them, it'll sequence yeah. through them. So yeah. it's like you assign a different uh, harmonic to the shimmer of each one, or you assign a different waveform or a different amount of drive or something like that. It's and and it'll pulse through them and give you really crazy sounds. That that's the I, that's the impression I was getting of the function of it, though. I mean, I might be completely off. I we you know we know about fifteen minutes worth of stuff about the yeah. pedal at this moment. <laughs> and then of course it's got stereo ins and outs and MIDI and all that stuff that all those MIDI nerds care about. Have you ever had a knock on wood, Ryan? Um, I never had to knock on wood, but I know some folks who have. Yeah. Does it ever make you wonder if you could? Um, it makes me wonder if I should. Yeah. <laughs> That's the impression that I get. Yeah, I have that impression too. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, Steve, but because you said like something about this being oh, this is the impression that you get from this pedal. Oh, so okay, okay, okay. Had to go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I I totally get people being excited about this if they are. I get people, di- you know, dissing on it if they want to. Like, don't buy it. Don't buy it if you don't want to. Yeah. You have any other things to say about it? Nah. Nah. <laughs> There's another nah. new product that I'm excited about. Uh, the, the Boss Pocket GT. The Pocket GT. Now, this is uh, this also launched today. There's all sorts of stuff launching this is week. This, what you, this is what I think your secret is. You think? No, I don't have one of these. <laughs> I know. I want. I want that to be. I did actually. I did actually message my boss guy when I saw oh, this yeah? pop up, and I started pitching ideas to him, not for anything current, but like. When okay, I'll get to it. So basically, the core of this product, the the Pocket GT, is that it's loaded with uh, like their GT one hundred or one thousand, one million software, or whatever uh, that that gives you you know kind of amp. You can make presets with amp modeling and use your your phone to make uh, tone print stuff with it. Not you know how many print. amp stomp and effects models this has, Ryan? A uh, hundred or something like that. No, it has over one hundred. It's over one hundred. Uh, what it really, the core of it though, is that it is a YouTube controlling machine. You sync Ooh. it with your phone, and it's like a practice machine that allows you to pause oh. and save segments to YouTube videos, and uh, you know, basically use it as a learning tool. That is like the yeah. that's like the big concept here behind this thing is a learning tool. But mm-hmm. I'm excited for it because I look at this thing. It's about the size of an iPhone. It probably weighs about as much as an iPhone. You can save a, a bunch of presets to it, you know, with guitar sounds. This could be a really great option for me for doing NAM coverage and event coverage and stuff like that. Just because I usually have an HX Stomp 
with a yeah. giant USB battery brick attached to it, and it all that stuff together weighs a ton of ton. It just weighs a ton of pounds, you know. And this looks so much lighter. A ton of pounds. A ton of pounds. <laughs> this one weighs Upwards. six. This weighs six ounces. Six ounces, including the battery. That's ridiculous. And you know, if the battery I was, lasts it, four hours. No, okay. So if I was using it at NAM or whatever, I'd still use an external battery for it. But I probably need something, you know, a fragment of the size of what I use yeah. to power the HX stomp. Even if you use the same size, yeah, freaking rechargeable battery, it's still you're going to be able to have a much smaller platform. Yeah, it's going to be a lot less versatile than the HX stomp for that sort of thing. But I'm. If it can make some decent sounds, it's more about me capturing stuff in the moment than like obsessing over. Yeah. It's more the tone. about what you pre-program anyway, because you couldn't even get a good bass sound, and now everyone on YouTube thinks I suck <laughs> at bass, which I do. But <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I was telling my guy like if I could, if I can store six to ten patches on this that I like. And I can carry it around NAM with me and record direct to my Zoom H6. I'm going to end up using one of these for, uh, you know, for NAM, for TGU, for all that stuff, just to save my back. Because carrying all that stuff around, having it clamped to a tripod is insane. Like the the amount of weight that I clamp to a tripod for those events is really bonkers. Yeah. So anything to reduce that, I'm I'm stoked. So. That's my piece on that piece of gear. Do you have any th thoughts on the it? specs on it? Just look really cool. They show uh, in the ad, um, and this maybe this will feed into uh, the next thing we talk about, or not the ne absolute next thing we talk about. But uh, when you go on the site, the boss site, it's got uh, it's got this uh, person, this uh, lady's just plugging in her Fender Strat. It's a uh, it's a uh, I think it's a oh it's a vintage some kind of vintage style strat maybe a fit classic 50s i'm wondering if you're going to segue us into another topic um and uh she's just running into this thing and she's got her earbuds going mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she's wearing a tasteful uh denim shirt okay all right where's this going shirt and black skinny jeans all right uh and then later on further on down there's a dude playing a les paul yes so over your cans they're both using smartphone products, it looks like, to control, to interact with this, uh -huh. this item. Yes. I'm on the edge of my seat really here. Cool. I'm, wondering, I'm wondering where you're taking me pretty, on this uh, journey. Pretty exciting stuff. <laughs> uh, my, my final thought on this is, hey, boss, or any other company out there, ditch all the YouTube-connected stuff with this all that you know youtube learning thing like mm -hmm. nonsense on top of this not nonsense but it's just not what i want make a box this size or smaller with maybe some stereo outs uh that i can save some patches in okay. and and just make it a pocket you know modeling amp and you got yourself a customer right here i will buy that for my travels so that's my final piece on, on the pocket GT. Uh, another another topic, Steve. Where you? I thought you were trying to, you know, jump into that other thing we were talking about. Talking you know, about. No, Ryan. This is a time of the show when we thank our other sponsor, <laughs> Chase Plus Audio. I can't read you at all right now. I don't know where you're going. <laughs> Makers of pedals more creative than you are. Uh, Chase Plus Audio has recently welcomed the 
preamp Mark II to the. I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna grab it. Dead air as Ryan. <laughs> you could have kept talking. You didn't need to wait for me. I've got it. I've been keeping it in the box because I want to. You've keep been it. keeping it in the box because it's so precious. It's got sliders, guys. I know. It it's it's a it's a has artificial intelligence. You plug this thing into the cloud, it will take over the power grid of your city. Powered by if Skynet. If you dial in those faders just right, it will unlock the uh, combination to access the big vault at Fort Knox. That is the Chaseless Audio Preamp Mark II. Just kidding. It won't do any of those things, but it what might it will do golden tone that you've been looking for. What it will do, you do a little bit of this, beam the whole landing party down to the surface. Bring them back down to the surface. Bring them back. Leave them in the middle for a while. Punish them for, te- for teasing you. Bring them back. It's, you know, pretend that you're, you're Scotty beaming people yeah, to and go. from the, uh, the Enterprise. Uh, Chase Bliss has a full lineup of other pedals, whether it's a reverb, delay, tremolo. Now don't you uh, dare ask oh, about a flanger. They don't have dirt. a flanger, okay? <laughs> dirt pedal. They got a dirt. They got a dirt. Uh, go check them out. ChaseBlissAudio.com with a digital brain and an analog heart. Mm-hmm. Chase Bliss, makers of fine pedals near you. Pedals more creative right. than you are. Uh, this next topic at the 37 minute and 22 <laughs> second mark um, is the this week's album review. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kiss. There we go. You know, let's do it. this last. Let's do this last. Oh, you don't I'm want to do it right it now? Up. You don't want to do it? I'm pulling an audible. We are going to talk about something that Earthquaker Devices oh, okay, okay. posted That's this week. That's what I thought you were trying to lead into earlier, um, talking about the lady playing the guitar on Boss's site. I was like, okay, here we go. He's, he's going to yeah, make the transition. Uh, actually, that was what I – well, I wasn't going to go here, and then I realized that I didn't want to talk about this last – Sure. Uh, because I don't want it to be the thing that everyone bails on because they're like, I'm just here to listen to Steve talk about how much he loves Kiss. Stay tuned to hear our thoughts on Kiss. Do they suck? Why do they suck? Maybe they don't suck. Maybe they rule. Stay tuned for that. Let's talk about uh, feminism now. And <laughs> Yeah, so this article is written by Hillary B. Jones and posted on the Earthquaker Devices site. And there's uh, I'll make a note to post a link because that would be a cool thing to do. Um, but basically, this is talking about the idea that really up until recently, um, any I won't even say up until recently. I would say, you know, maybe even recent, like currently, but definitely up until recently, um, you know, the uh, sexualization, the not even I won't even say sexualization, the usage of 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 uh, of women as mo- props, of women as props, as of models who are not musicians mm. uh, in guitar ads, guitar magazines, whatever, uh, has been a big thing. As recently as I believe the last one was 2016 or 2017, the Guitar uh, World Buyer's Guide was basically uh, women in in bikinis holding guitars. Yeah, sometimes underwear, Steve. They weren't always wearing swimwear. Oh, They're not ready for the beach. That's a great point. Yeah, they might just be ready to take a nap. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> so so the Bechtel so, the Bechtel test is this simple movie, and it's been applied to TV as as well. Did you did um, you lay out the premise that that the writer of this article came up with the, her own Bechtel test to judge, not judge, but to kind of you know determine whether or not roughly 
uh, women used in guitar gear advertising passes, you know, a, a basic, uh, you know, range of criteria to make sure that women are being represented in a fair way. Right, right. So to get there first, though, I, I just want to say the Bechtel, the Bechtel test is a test used to determine gender representation in movies created mm -hmm. by Alex and Bechtel in 1985. Uh, but didn't become popular really until the 90s. I actually didn't hear about it until maybe the early 2010s. Uh, and in the test, the movie, and I've seen it apply to TV shows, must have two characters who are women who have names, mm -hmm. uh, who must talk to each other, and they must talk to each other about something other than a man. And right. and the, the where this gets like insane is like a movie. Now, of course, like it's it's. Mel, I wanted to say Mel Bay. It's Michael Bay. Uh, oh but like Armaged Armageddon, is there more than one female character in that movie? Like, yeah, I think so. Does the other one have a name? I know one of them is named Steven Tyler's daughter. <laughs> that's her name. <laughs> I don't remember her character's name. That's the name they. That's the that they flash on the screen in the credits. Steven Tyler's credits. daughter. <laughs> um. But it's like you know, it's 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 interesting. Like that that is such an easy bar to clear. It's such a low bar. You can right. have you can have one scene where you have two women who are uh, you know only on screen together, like for five seconds. Who are like, oh hey, you like this sandwich? Yeah. And the yeah. other one's like, no thanks, I already had dinner. Yeah, and it, it could be the like Bechtel test. Throwaway lines. Like, and hey, no, I, I guess it has to be. I guess it has to be. Hey, Sandy, you like a sandwich? And then Sandy has to be like, "No, Marjorie, I already had dinner." <laughs> and it passes the Bechtel. But test. then the moment one of them's like, "Yeah, I had dinner with my husband. Now it's ruined." Ah, uh, they didn't yeah. pass anymore. Yeah. No. So so anyway, so that's that's the test. So it's the music not gear a Bechtel perfect. Test. It's a blunt object. It's not a perfect test, but I mean, it's it's a, a generally decent guide to you know, reflect upon how women are portrayed in media yeah. to be like, Oh, does this character have actual, you know, an actual personality, actual agency? Is she actually, actually a character or is she just window dressing? You know? So I, it, it, it lets you think in those terms and think of whether or not a character actually needs to be there. <laughs> so you want to go through this Bechtel test that was put together for guitar advertising? Um, okay, topic's over. We're not going to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's a list for guitar. So this was expanded out uh, for guitar. For guitar music, they call it the Music Gear Bechtel Test. Mm -hmm. uh, and it says the main focus is specifically on advertising and marketing, including social media. So here's how it works. The advertisement or marketing piece has a woman. She's presented as a capable musician. She's presented with the, if she's presented with an instrument that is a traditionally female aesthetic, uh, so pink with flowers or sparkles, etc. Sure, sure. uh, there's a companion ad featuring a woman with an instrument that's not traditionally feminine in aesthetic. So already that boss ad passes at least two of these criteria, right? Right. Because it was a woman. We don't know if she's a capable musician, but she's at least learning the instrument. She's, she's being, using the Pocket GT. Here's the thing: learn. she's so, being presented as a musician. Yeah, she's being yeah. So capable, you know, who? How can you judge that? And she's being presented with a with an instrument, 
that it's actually I wouldn't say it's traditionally feminine aesthetic. It's a Stratocaster. Right. It's, um, it's a regular. So, it's there's nothing you know aesthetically gendered about it. Uh, so for um, if she's presented sexually, it's on her own terms, and and this is where I, you know this is where I, I don't want to say I took issue, but it says and then it says and there is a companion ad featuring a woman who is not presented sexually. Uh, five, uh, if she's a woman of color, she's not presented using racial stereotypes. Six, if she's a trans woman, her identity and pronouns are respected. Uh, seven, all sexual or offensive social media comments about her are promptly and appropriately addressed or screenshot slash deleted. I'm sure they put screenshot in there just to um, to pull you in there because everyone knows you like to screenshot comments and post them on your Instagram. Um, and then right. if the point, point eight is, um, as you can see, this is somewhat more detailed than the original Bechtel test to raise the bar a little bit. Um, so... I think, you know, I I think about this and I asked uh, a, the Get Offset group that I'm in, uh, which is the Get Offset podcast uh, secret group. Uh, you can you can get in there, too, if you know the password. Um, uh, basically, what does this look like? And and the response that I was given was basically uh, this is what Fender's advertisement advertising looks like right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, I, again, like the boss GT, if you go to the boss website and look at the pocket GT, you know, it's, it's like that where, where I kind of, uh, hesitated for a moment and I had to kind of, um, look into, um, where, what's the list or what's the framing here is a company like Ibanez, um, where, I guess prior to last year, I think there was only one woman on their artist roster Mm -hmm. who is Nita Strauss. And I think you, there could be an argument whether or not, you know, um, is she presenting herself sexually? If it definitely seems like it would be on her own terms. Uh, Nita, I think it's very clearly she, uh, presents herself as being uh, in an attractive way. I don't think she's trying to present sexually, uh, but she is presenting as, you know, something to look at, someone to look right. at. Right. Uh, right. So that's that's that gray space where I'm like, I don't I don't know what this looks like, but of course now um, they uh, they also have Yvette Young on mm-hmm. their artist roster who uh, it, it's also kind of interesting to look at their page because um, for their for their uh, signature artists, because uh, Nita's picture is like a studio photograph, and Yvette's picture is a concert photograph. So it, it's right. kind of a a whole different thing there as well. And I think um, I think going back to you know those points in in the the test for this, like I think Nita and and Yvette are a really strong example just from one brand of. Uh, because you could you could put Nita in an advertisement. You could give her full production control of the advertisement, and you know you go follow her Instagram and you see exactly how she brands herself. Right, and it would be completely on brand for her, completely within her you know aesthetic control as a performer, how she likes to present herself. Right, and then you have the contrasting uh, Yvette Young ad that. Uh, is not at all built around like, oh, here's, you know, 
here, here's someone with a, a physique. I, you know, I'm not trying to dunk on Yvette at all. Uh, but you know, uh, okay. I'll say this. Nita, Nita like leans hard into fitness. Like she does fitness. Yeah. Stuff. Uh, you know, that's the world she lives in. She's, I'm pretty uh, she's sure very, a lot, isn't there a lot of fitness stuff on her, on no, her Instagram She page? like, like when she's not on guitar magazine covers, she's on fitness magazine covers. That's part mm-hmm. of her business is, you know, kind of selling fitness and selling, uh, you know, the appearance of her body. <laughs> and I don't, right. I'm trying to say this in not gross ways, but I mean, that's, that's the, business side of what she does it's part of her brand and you know you can think about it in ways that are you know sterile and not sexual and be like oh that's you know that's her performance you know that's part of her performance and there's nothing wrong with that it's i think it's it's good for people to decide whether or not they're gonna use you know sexuality or their attractiveness as part of their performance if i could do it i'd do it <laughs> Amanda Coombs says she sells lifestyle. Yeah, I, I think you could definitely say that. Yeah. I think they both do. I think anyone who's smart, who's trying to brand themselves as an artist, is selling lifestyle around their Yeah, so their I, think, I think on this list, that's the only one that I kind of would disagree with is that I think if, if you know, if a, I guess the argument, again, the argument would also be like if a company has an artist lineup and they have... 20 men on it and only one woman like why is that that's a question to ask and that would be maybe grounds to fail and again like just because they have an artist that doesn't mean that their advertisement is devoid of women they can have you know all of their like hottie mchotness a lot of like the fender ads and that boss ad you were looking at you don't know if that person's an artist or not they're they're using someone who to be like oh here's a musician and they don't have to tell you who it is you don't need to use famous people to present an instrument being played by anyone of any, you know, sex background, you know, race, whatever. You just find someone who can play guitar and take a picture of them. You know, that's true. Uh, You're like, Oh, here's someone to relate to. Uh, you know, we're, we are fully encouraging people of, you know, varieties of backgrounds and, you know, whatever to, Oh, you know, sorry, purchase, to purchase uh, these products that we're trying to sell so we can make money and be companies. <laughs> there's no uh, there's no women out there who play guitar and are also attractive that we can't uh, also like manipulate into uh, getting men to buy things because they think the woman holding the guitar is hot. <laughs> I know every time I've bought a piece of musical equipment is because I saw a photo of a conventionally attractive woman in various states of undress holding it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing that really did it for me. Like, ah, oh, how does this how does this fuzz sound? I don't know. I gotta see the right pictures. Alright, now I'm into this fuzz. <laughs> wow, now I'm ready to buy this pedal. <laughs> but I think it the uh you know the Earthquaker article that list there doesn't even I got the impression that it didn't even define like, oh, you have to have women in, you know, all ad campaigns. It was like if it was more a list of like, if you do have women in your ad campaigns, here's a list of, you know, here's a guideline on how to make that not be so awful. Well, I mean, the, for, the, for what it's worth, the very first thing on here is there is a woman. Right. So in order to pass the music, if you if you if Fender sends out a catalog. 
and every and I'm sure this has happened. Like I'm sure you could go back into old company catalogs, probably like five years ago, right, probably right. last year. You could go pull a, a Carvin. Well, Carvin doesn't really have people in their catalogs very much, but um, you know, someone, some Washburn or whatever, some company that has a lot of just photos of people in the park playing a guitar. Right, right. Uh, I, I'd say like. I mean, there's there's ad campaigns where it's like, it's a singular ad campaign that's about you know one endorsed artist or you know one product or the the brand only has enough money for one ad and maybe it doesn't even feature people in it. You know, sure. like there's there's a lot of gray area there. But if you're running an ad campaign that features lots of people and none of them are women, what are you even doing at this point? You know, so that's my kind of take on that. Fair. Like I think I think Fender and I think Boss with you know what you were looking at there I think they they get that whole thing pushing it as a lifestyle thing like showing oh look here's people that look like people that you might know walking around holding Fender guitars walking the street looking cool you know? I would also I think <laughs> make them look like that, uh, old Navy commercials <laughs> I think I would also argue that um, just because a company does something puts out uh something without any women doesn't necessarily make it bad it's just something to note sure sure it's something to be aware of and for what it's worth i pulled out the 2009 gibson custom catalog because it was one that i could find easily and there is um some dude that i don't know because i'm just skimming through real fast 2009 Uh, is 11 years ago dude I know it was eleven years ago. There but weren't my point is women that, back there. It's not. It's not fair to judge against eleven years ago before we had women in the world. So I think it has Clapton, uh, Keith, uh, Jimmy Page, yeah, Billy Gibbons. What was Clapton playing in a Gibson catalog? This was like Yard Yardbirds. Oh. Like it's a picture from like the Yardbirds. Okay, I think. Okay. Uh, Jeff Beck, uh, Robbie Krieger. And uh, the last picture is Michael Bloomfield. So now, granted, maybe these are signature instruments that they were carrying at the time, and that's why they have pictures of them. It is the custom shop catalog, but it is kind of like, oh, well, like that was a quick once through. Is it good? Is it bad? It's again, it's a thing. I mean, it's just so easy to if you're doing like the custom shop thing might not be fair, but if you're doing a general catalog, it's easy. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to pass the test. Yeah, yeah, totally. If you're doing a catalog, then yeah, if you can't pass this test, what are you even doing? I have my, something that popped in my head is Taylor. Like, is there probably hasn't been a Taylor catalog or piece of media that doesn't have Taylor Swift on the cover <laughs> in the past decade or something like that. Uh, of course, they're going to f- that wave that flag around. I, th- I, I think that you know, to the an extent, you know, whether or not there are endorsed artists prominent endorsed artists on the front of these catalogs or in the pages of the catalogs or whatever uh depends a lot on the temperature of the pop music world sure (laughs) if they don't exist then they don't exist if they're thriving and they're taking over then they're going to take over and thrive but that's a other conversation i found the uh winter 2014 taylor catalog which six years ago uh, Mm -hmm. but the cover of it is a dude that I don't recognize and Bob Taylor. I'm guessing the other dude is maybe uh, his partner, mm. Kurt. 
Yeah, it's Kurt. Oh, it's Taylor Whatever Swift. Kurt's. I want you to go through all the pages of the catalog, Steve. There's just a lot of Bob and Kurt. <sighs> Too much and, Bob, not and enough Andy. Kurt. Oh, of course, Andy's Andy. in here. Yeah. Andy from Taylor. Yeah. Here's a couple random dudes that I don't know who they are. I don't see any Taylor Swift in here, man. Mm, Here's another dude. Here's another, another dude. I mean, when we another dude. When we went. And a kid dude. When we went there, probably 2014, 2015, uh, for that Taylor Builders event. I found a woman. There you go. Steve found a woman. <laughs> uh, they had like huge posters of Taylor Swift all over the place. Like, look, look, really? she's playing it. She's playing a Taylor. I don't think she's. I don't even know if she's playing. Uh, Maybe that's Taylor's a problem anymore. I mean, her name's on the headstock. You'd think that would be a no-brainer. So yeah, let's. I think she's actually playing Gibson now. Let's do what we promised to do. Let's talk about Kiss. Uh, first, let's talk about housekeeping. Uh, okay. the housekeeping. show where we yeah. think. Uh, for joining us at the $1 level, Kenneth Kirsch. Thank you so much, Kenneth, yes. for supporting us thank for you. a dollar a month. Uh, whether it's a dollar a month, $5 a month, or uh, $10 a month, or $69 a month, doesn't matter. We appreciate all of it. Uh, head on over to patreon.com slash 60cyclehumcast if you'd like to uh, also support the show and get in on this fine content. And everyone who supports at more than $10 a month and also has a Facebook account, uh, we will put you into the Inner Circle Facebook group. Yep, I just can't avoid those shoes, man. That's fine. That's fine. You can look at those shoes. There we go. <laughs> yeah, if you join uh, join the Facebook group, the Inner Circle, you'll get to see me complain behind the scenes about industry stuff. <laughs> All right, let's do this album. Kiss. Destroyer. Had you ever listened to this album, Steve? I've never listened to this album. I've never listened to any Kiss album. How many of these songs were familiar to you? What's that? How many of these songs were familiar to you? Zero of these songs. Zero of these songs were familiar to you? Zero of these songs. Not even like Rock and Roll All Night and Party Every Day? That's not on this album. What was on there? Did you listen to this album? I did. Uh, the singles off this album were Shout It Out Loud. Shout It Loud. Uh, shout It Out oh, Loud. Oh, Shout Out, was shout out I was Loud, I think, is the one song that I did. Yeah, yeah. I should say. Uh, I did know. Um, uh, Detroit Rock City, I think I've heard parts of it. I think I've heard Beth. Yeah, you probably have. Um, so but that's one I, of those songs got, where you hear some... it and you don't know that it's Kiss. Right. Um, so I do have some thoughts. Okay, lay it on me, man. Uh, why did, like, why is Kiss? <laughs> why is Kiss? I, I do, I will say, I, I do want to go back and listen to, like, maybe, um, one, at least, maybe not their, the album before this. Uh, this was their fourth studio album. Um, I think I want to listen to some of their earlier albums, the ones that are, Maybe uh, the reception on this, I think, was not maybe not the best. It was like this was like their sellout album, actually, I think. Um, uh, my, my take on the album is that uh, the A side, I don't care about any of it at all. The B side is where the party is on this album. Like you get you the, think so? Yeah, you get the back half of it. And I think there's bangers on there. But they're bangers for people who enjoy Kiss, and that's like a whole other discussion. Like, right. you either enjoy Kiss or you're not in on the joke. 
sort of thing. <laughs> I, Kiss is baffling to a lot of people because on the surface, the imagery that you're sold on is like, oh my gosh, this is a metal band. Oh my gosh, they are blood is coming out of their mouths. There are spikes. They, uh, you know, these guys are, this is going to be some sort of crazy, like Judas priest sort of like seventies metal kind of nonsense here. And then you listen to it. There are drummers back there and he's like, (laughs) (laughs) they've got pyrotechnics and fire and a bass guitar that's shaped like an executioner's ax and stuff like that. Oh man. Look at the font for the word kiss like <laughs> look, it's at, look at that font hard edges on that font man this is an extreme band and then you listen to it and it's just like glam rock yeah they're <laughs> it's just like uh, party they're, glam they're rock name stands for knights in satan's service you can hear the lipstick in the songs like that's how <laughs> glam these songs are <laughs> you can hear the spandex <laughs> they got a song by gene simmons that he wrote about an older man infatuated with a 16 year old girl so kiss is officially canceled i mean gene simmons is a, a problematic person in general uh <laughs> but i generally like i'm on board with the whole vibe of kiss's music i love novelty stuff in air quotes, because some of the novelty stuff I like, I don't consider novelty. But Kiss is squarely novelty music, right? This is novelty. That's this is, fair. This so, is, so that's kind of like what's part of my take on it is there are parts of this album I listen to. Once, for, for one thing, I'll say like um, Detroit Rock City has some really cool bass going on. I don't, I have no idea what's going on with the production style, but I've heard that actually a lot from albums in this that I've listened to from the '70s. That there's this really like dry like it sounds like it's just palm muted mm. bass tone yeah that it's not very like it's not it's not very like dun, dun, dun. it's like then then like it's it's just pingy yeah yeah but it's but it like it's like you're listening to it and going like well you know um like i can't say gene simmons sucks at bass like he's he's playing well i don't really i'm not down with this tone but the playing is is solid the riffs are cool um but the the flip side of that is you do have a song like Beth and there was another song on there where I'm just like, why is this? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm not a huge fan of Beth, um, but there's a bunch of songs on the back end of the album that I, I really do enjoy. Um, they're just, they're a cartoon band, man. This is a cartoon band. This is like a Scooby Doo band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did, were they in Scooby Doo? They were in Scooby Doo, famously. They had they okay. had like another. There was like a Kiss cartoon that was like a. It was like a uh, you know a made for TV cartoon special or oh, something yeah. like that. And I think uh, the Scooby Doo thing kind of lampoons that while also being officially mm. licensed. <laughs> So, so I mean, the, the other thing that was kind of weird, and I guess I knew this, but I just didn't want to, like, think about it too hard, is the fact that basically Kiss is the reason that, like, Guns N' Roses existed and, and you know, just name all of your Motley Crues and your Poisons and whatever. Like, that's the vocal that I hear. Um, Yeah, I could get that vibe. 
but I think that Kiss also was grabbing from a lot of influences around them that sure. were probably what people list as their influence. But I, you cannot deny the you know the pop culture sort of impact that they had that any band that was smart in the you know in the late 70s early 80s right. were like oh, I want to inspire fandom like that I want to pack out a stadium with you know and do pyrotechnics and you know and and do stage stuff I mean they were Kiss is basically the Aquabats version of Alice Cooper <laughs> like that's what's going on that- there like Hold on, did Kiss did Kiss bat, have like on stage battles? I mean, you combine Alice Cooper with David Bowie and then run it through an Aquabats filter, and that's Kiss. That is Kiss. That's oh, Kiss. I'm I'm in with that. I, I whoa, hello. <laughs> Time is up, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I was listening to it. It's like you know what they're they're trying to do. A lot of like seventies anthem rock is what yeah. Kiss is trying to do. Like they're trying to do Led Zeppelin y stuff. They're trying to mm-hmm. do like you know, stuff in that in that neighborhood and they're doing the best that they can. I don't think anyone is in Kiss is known as being like, Oh, there's a virtuoso, there's an amazing you know, yeah, they can't seem kind of silly, but oh man, you actually gotta listen to their chops. There's nothing like that. It's No. It's, it's mostly fun. There there yeah. there is some good playing in there, but like I would say, like, if I wanted to tell someone, like, oh, you want to go hear some big rock and roll riffs? Yeah. Maybe go, you know, go listen to some Kiss. But if someone's like, oh, what's what's a great, like, heavy metal or, you know, proto-heavy metal, whatever you want to call this, uh, guitar album, I'm not going to be like, oh, go listen to Kiss. I mean, you know, I'm gonna, it's going to be Sabbath or right, right. Zeppelin or basically any other, you know, Bay City Rollers. Uh David Cassidy. Yeah, I am. Uh, Casey and the Sunshine Band. Uh, <laughs> Peter, Paul, and Mary. Like, literally any other artist. The Beach Boys. All <laughs> more heavy metal than Kiss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea why. No, Kiss is not... Kiss is... You could barely call them heavy metal. Like, yeah. I... One of the songs that I... I guess ironically love, though I sincerely love it, is is King of the Nighttime World. It's just so corny, like that line, like we're the I'm the king of the nighttime world. Like what are, Oh yeah. That's like the weirdest and dorkiest way to say that, like, I'm a vampire or something like that. Is that what he was trying no, to say? No, like it's like, oh, you know, I'm a I'm a creature of the night. I'm uh, you know, I'm a I'm the king of, you know, you know, the spooky stuff that happens at night or like the dangerous stuff that you're not supposed to know about that adults do. But to call yourself the king of the nighttime world and like songs like God of Thunder, like it's it's cartoons. These it's cartoons you can listen to. <laughs> I, I think it's a ton of fun. Uh, you know, the music is what it is. Uh, it doesn't have to be virtuoso for me to enjoy, you know, some good old rock and roll. And I think that's what it is. It's some good old rock and roll. It's some glam rock filtered through, you know, a metal Instagram filter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's weird. King of the Nighttime World was a, was a I guess, a self-cover. So they had already um, done it, so they were doing it again. Uh, is that what it was? I'm trying to understand exactly. 
Or no, I guess the guy who was producing, I think was maybe producing the album. Mm-hmm. Um, something like that. I'm I'm very confused about the connection, but th- that's not a Kiss. Like that was originally not a Kiss song. Um. Oh yeah, Surfy Sonic just brought up the song "I Was Made for Loving You, Baby." I don't hate that. I don't hate a lot of disco. I kind of like that song. I was made for loving you, baby. Do, 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 do. Yeah, they, I think they lived in that, in that pocket very generously. That just like, oh, yeah. Doing fun sounds. Like, I wouldn't want to listen to Kiss be legitimately hard. I wouldn't want to listen to them be, like, try to be, you know, Pantera or something like that, you know? I, I, I I think there's this, and I realize this was their fourth album, but it's also the thing that I, you know you look back as kind of cheesy, and I guess it's a thing, but I I don't want it to be a thing. Is um like the song "Do You Love Me" mm-hmm. is so like, and that's I you know that's a hallmark of this vi- of this sound of Kiss of this vibe is um uh the self the self indulgence like. Do you love me or do you just love my limousine? Yeah. My my platform shoes, my like my seven inch leather heels. Like, okay, we get it. You're short. Come on. <laughs> uh, do you love my credit cards? Like, and it's it's also a weird thing, you know, from a seventies person. Like, do you love my credit cards? It's like I have a credit card with a I have a couple of credit cards with pretty high limits on it and they scare the hell out of me because right of right it. No, well, that was a 70s thing I was like oh I've got a credit card like, you've got a credit card yeah you know, now like, I'm like the bank is trying to fool me into going thousands of yeah, dollars they, into debt they, they give everyone credit cards now we can't get them to stop giving them to us uh, a song on there that I hate there's a song on there I legitimately don't like at all and okay. I've almost skipped it is great expectations like what is going on with that song? Uh, that was a weird one too, and that was again one. But that was one that's like, uh, kind of uh, this self-indulgent. Uh, but it's also like goofy because it's like you've got great expectations, and I kind of almost interpret it, uh, despite the fact that Gene Simmons has always you know put himself out there as like this this ultimate ladies' man kind of a thing. Is that this whole thought thing is like you've got great expectations and I'm just gonna let you down. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that song at all. It's the feel the feeling of it is weird. Like it's not I didn't even sit and listen to the lyrics. Just like like the way the song progresses, I don't like. It makes me feel icky. Well, it's just kind of gross. Like it's a song written from a a uh, horny dude to a theoretical horny woman. And it's always a theoretical horny, horny woman. Hope you know? I mean, hopefully. I mean, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, I'm listening to that song. Say uh, in which, theory. Which was sung, which Let's was make sung a by. Theory. There's a horny was, woman. Let's write a song sung, about her. <laughs> which was sung, sung by Gene Simmons saying, hey, you're watching me sing this song. And I'm good at singing this song. Therefore, you know what other things I'm good at that involve my mouth and vocal cords. <laughs> you're saying, like you're gonna lean your vocal cords into. I'm assuming. I mean, I guess he said, "You know what this mouth can do." Like you watch me playing guitar. Also, it's interesting because this song was written by Gene Simmons, and 
sung by Gene Simmons, but I don't think there's any reference to the bass in here unless he's by playing guitar. He actually means, he means long playing guitar. bass guitar, long guitar, playing, playing long guitar. Damian Martinez says, didn't Alive have fake applause on it? Uh, and then he tries to say more. Oh, and then they added it in post. Yes. Famously, their live album, Alive, uh, was not actually a live album. I think I watched a thing about it years and years Isn't and years that, ago. Like, all live albums, though? Oh, yeah. They definitely sweeten up everything live. You have to. <laughs> you can't rely on the audience. Uh, you also can't do a lot with the way things are recorded. But from what I, under- what I remember, Kiss was like, hey, let's record a live album. They did their tour. At the end of it, they're like, hey, how are those live tracks? And they're like, well, you didn't really set up, you know, you know, a team to record that. So it was really just someone throwing a recorder on the stage every day or like recording, you know, like one mic off of the board. And so we have yeah. we have like audience sounds and we have like some things that we can use as a guide. And they basically re-recorded everything and then mixed it with audience sounds and tried to recreate like a live yeah, so, experience. So with this it. this says that the album was recorded. I'm reading about it on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. It was recorded over four stops uh, on a tour. Basically, the only thing that was that wasn't modified in post was the drums. Oh, okay, so they got um, the drums. <laughs> so they did record like everything, but basically everybody. So what that means is like everybody made live mistakes that were so. That stood out so much that they corrected them in post. Yeah, yeah. And then they're saying that the claim is that the on this art, uh, Wikipedia is that the audience is spliced in, but the audience is all um, the audience is actual recordings from right, the tour. Right, right, right. But it, but maybe they took like the guitar from one night and the bass from another night, and then the vocals were redone in studio. And the audience is from a completely different oh, sure, night. Where sure. they, the night, the audience is from a night where they only use the drums. Sure, sure. I mean, I, th- I think what they were trying to do is capture the energy of their live show. Yeah, uh, which is, you know, I think that's a big criticism of, of Kiss is that you know that that vibe and that energy that I think is really the core of the fandom that they had uh, is really hard to translate to a recording, especially with musicians that are. They're not. They're not amazing musicians. They they had you know had some fun songs, but you know they're not virtuosos or anything like that. Uh, they're stage performers, and you lose that vibe trying to record it. I think that's what YFB suffered from a lot. Like our you know our band's attempt at recordings, like we lost a lot of the vibe because so much of the vibe was just you know, our energy when we were alive and... Oh, yeah, we were just like Kiss. We were a lot like Kiss. <laughs> we did wear costumes for a while. Uh, not like that, though. We just wore, like, <laughs> white shirts and ties and stuff. Uh, and white pants. We were all... We were dressed like Milkman for some reason. I just thought it would be, like, fun and bright on stage. There was no real reason behind it. Um, but I don't I don't know. We're painters. Who, who would you recommend... Kiss too. Would you recommend this album Nobody. to anyone? No one. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't someone. think there's anyone in existence where I'd be like, "Oh, you haven't heard Kiss? You gotta hear Kiss." Yeah, like it's not like an educational thing for anyone. Like, if you hear a Kiss song and you like it, I'd be like, "Ah, uh, you know what? Go go check out this album. I guess, you know, or go find a best of. You know, yeah, 
get a best of. Listen to that or just cruise around. You need to listen to Kiss once you've reached a point in your life where enough of the pop culture that you've consumed references Kiss. And in order for you to understand it, you need to listen to Kiss. Yeah, you know, I, I I picked this album because I've been seeing a lot of people online recently dunk and diss on Kiss randomly. It seems like because it doesn't seem like they're in the news. So I don't know why they're being brought up all of a sudden. Um, but I don't know. I think they're they're worth their place in history. I don't think any I've never heard anyone ever claim like, oh, greatest band in the world. Kiss. Oh, oh, you can't rival this or that. No one's ever claimed that these are the best musicians ever, that this is the best band ever. But if you like this flavor, if you like what they bring as far as entertainers, mm-hmm. then explore that. Go check it out. I don't think it's I don't think it's worth dunking on this band. Because like if you're like if you think you need to take the hard position of like, oh, they suck, then you've missed the joke. Yeah. You know, the the you know, there was no one's ever been like, Oh, Kiss is amazing. Kiss no, there's is the best band. They're a fun stage band and you know, just kick back and try not to take yourself seriously when you listen to them, you know. I didn't realize that when they brought in um like their current so like their current uh lead guitar player and their current drummer uh that they just assumed like the same uh persona of like the the guys that they replaced. Right, right. I guess one of the drummers wasn't. One of the well, drummers was his own thing. Well, when you go to a Kiss show, you want to see Catman. You want to see Metal Guy. You want to see Star Person. You know? <laughs> and most people who like see Kiss don't know, you know, the people's names. You know? right. <laughs> and that's fine. They might know Gene Simmons because they watched a reality show once or something like that, you know. Uh, but yeah, it's fine. It's fine to not know who Ace Freely is and still go to a Kiss concert and enjoy it. It's not, you don't have to know the names of the village people, and you can still go to a village people concert and enjoy it. You know, it's a, you know uh, the is... names of the village people are <laughs> the sailor, <laughs> the cowboy, the Indian, the Indian. Yeah, yeah. The construction <laughs> worker. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you put "Shout It Out Loud" cop. on. I'm going to listen to "Shout It Out Loud." I'm going to sit there and be like, "Yeah, this song's fun." I'm going to listen to rock and roll all night and party every day. That's a fun song. These are fun songs. They don't have to be, you know, houses of the holy or whatever. Who cares? All right. I just looked up the uh, people, the, the crew of the village people. The original seven members were nondescript cowboy construction worker, biker GI slash nondescript Indian. And then the first dude on the list is Cop, Admiral, Athlete, Gigolo, nondescript. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, one of the outfits apparently was Gigolo. All right. Uh, you want to tell us about the outro track, and then uh, we'll do our YouTube hangout. Yeah, this outro track was sent by Daniel Askins. He says, hi, Steve. Okay, and Ryan, too. Uh, well, this one has a lot of tricks and a lot of broken rules. Chord-wise, I am breaking a lot of rules. Uh, a rule breaker no here. major... Or minor chords. Everything is suspended or numbered intervals. Oh, we got a real daredevil here. Yeah, well, in the first part, I'm using an Evo to add some drone notes. Also using a synth pedal to do some arpeggios. The middle part is using the Mel 9 pedal for a bit of a quiet interlude. Then onto the finish, I use all suspended chords. And there is a tapping part that I use an open tuning to. So I am able to use open strings for that part. This is all done on a digital Porta Studio uh, not a computer, so no nonlinear editing, copy, paste, or post effects, and pedals. 
so many pedals. Uh, he says, have, have fun, uh, Dan. And uh, this song is called Astral. Looking forward so, to hearing it on the enjoy. audio podcast. And uh, you know what, guys? Stay grounded. 